Welcome to Kol Isha, the podcast that gives Orthodox women a voice. Welcome back to Kol Isha. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by a really awesome and unique woman. Her name is Yael Braun, and she's joining us from Lakewood. And she's a really unique position in our community. I've actually never really heard of this role before, but she is a TONS, which is a female representative of people going through divorce. Now, I've heard of men in this position. I'm sure a lot of people have but I've never heard of a woman doing this job and she has an incredible background and does really fabulous work in the community. So I'm really excited for everybody to get to know her. Welcome to Kolisha Yael. Thank you. What an introduction. Wow. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> so Yael, can you tell me a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself, like where are you sure. from and where do you live and what's your life been like and how did you wind up in this role? Well, so I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, which is the other side of New Jersey. Whenever I try to explain it, I feel like it's like a different world. <laughs> um, I kind of call it like the park slope, but of New Jersey, it's like very crunchy, but very, very liberal, very well to do. It's like a very, it's an interesting way to grow up. I loved it. Um, I didn't grow up from my parents. We were traditional. As I got older, my parents became more religious. Um, so my first real Jewish education um, besides Hebrew school, because I, obviously I went to Hebrew school, being traditional, um, was seminary. So, I mean, that's really what happened. I was in seminary. Um, I fell in love with Yiddishkeit. And I guess that's the story. I got married right after seminary. Um, my ex-husband and I got married when I was 20 years old, right before I was 21. Um, he was Lubavitch. My family became from through Lubavitch. So that's always just been kind of my path. Um, yeah. So my background really is <laughs> interesting to say the least. Yeah. So now you're here, you live in Lakewood, New Jersey, which is like a far cry from where you came from. Oh yeah. And, big time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're doing this work representing, uh, is it women, men, both as they go it's both. It's both. Um, the truth of the matter is I see mostly women, but I do help men as well. Um, I don't prefer either or. Um, I do, there is something about representing a woman, being a woman myself and feeling like, you know, I'm helping them get to get their voice. Because a lot of women who are going through divorce, unfortunately in our community, there's been a lot of domestic violence. And just being able to be there and not just represent them, but also be their friend and say, hey, listen, like, you have a voice. You're not just some lemala, you know, you don't have to just roll over and die. Like, and it's been really, it's been amazing just to see some of these women break out of their shell. So it seems like you got involved in this role after having gone through your own divorce. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Like what sure. about your situation made you realize that this was a needed and necessary role in the community? So it's actually really funny. Um, I didn't choose this role at all. I, I love it. I'm extraordinarily grateful. It's, I wake up every morning so excited to do what I do, but I definitely didn't choose it. Um, my father's an attorney, has his own law firm in Manhattan. So when I was younger, like a teenager, I worked for my father um, and I became a paralegal and I, it was, I loved it. Um, the goal was always to go to law school. 
that was my dream since I was a little girl, all my cousins are attorneys, my uncles. Um, it was kind of what was expected of me, especially because my father is fairly well known. So, and he's a fairly well known law um, practice. So when I graduated high school, the plan was to go to college, but instead I ended up going to seminary. And after seminary, I got married. And after I got married, I had a baby and then I got divorced. Um, so college never really happened for me. Um, there was a point where I really wanted to go when my son was little right after around the time I got divorced, but he had severe delays. He was later diagnosed with autism. Um, and it just didn't seem fair or the right time at the same, at the time, the same time as my divorce, um, a few people reached out to me and said, listen, I know, you know what you're doing. You're a paralegal. Can you help me? What's an arbitration agreement? Um, I don't really know what this means. Can you help me speak to my attorney? And just from that and then learning the process, I started understanding what was going on in Besden, um, starting to understand what a, what a Dian's role in all of this was, just because as from Jews, we don't always go to court. So slowly I started kind of learning on the job, I guess you could say. Um, and I started doing it just for friends, friends, cousins, friends, siblings, friends, parents. And it slowly just snowballed into me doing this full time. Um, and, you know, I always did as a chesed. Then my husband said, listen, you're, you can't be in two different places. So pick one and stick to it. So I said, you know what? I love this. This is what keeps me going. This is really my passion. So this is what I'm going to do. And so here I am. Wow. And so a brand new career was born for you and you just sort yes. of like went with it, which is amazing because Sometimes people like they need to be put in a position to really recognize their talent and like what they're so good at, you know, which is like, it's unfortunate that it had to come through your own struggle. Right. But now here you are like in this circumstance where you can help other people, which is so nice. It really feels like this is going to sound crazy, but if it feels like all of it was worth it, like I really did struggle when I got divorced. Um, and it was totally now like, all that I went through and all that experience that I have from that, I've really been able to use and apply it to really my everyday life. Wow. So, and, and in addition to that, like really being of a resource and a help to other people who are going through something similar. Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about your role? Like, do you represent yes. people? Do you, are you more of a resource? Like what, what exactly does someone in your role do for people who are going through divorces? So it's funny. I have about a hundred hats that I wear and I do a little bit and a lot of everything. So let's say somebody's going through a divorce or they decided they've decided they want to get divorced. I come in at, at really any stage. So if someone's thinking about getting divorced, they might come to me and say, yeah, I'll, um, I want to get divorced, but I'm scared. Could you tell me what what the path is going to look like for me, what my journey is going to be. And of course I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, I discuss their living situations, their finances, their children, um, their relationship. And I try and give them kind of a picture of what they have to look forward to. Um, I never push divorce ever. Um, I just kind of give them the facts. Then I have people who are already decided they're getting divorced. They're done. And my job really is to come in, listen to what's going on, help them pick the best Besden for their situation. 
um, help send a Hasmana if they already got the Hasmana, respond to the Hasmana, deal with the strategy of how we're going to argue in Besden. Um, and then I end up arguing in Besden. If not, um, we can bring, we sometimes bring somebody else on, but most of the time I do the arguing, which is what I love. It is, it is air for me. Um, there's nothing better than being able to help other people get what, what they deserve and get results. Um, and I kind of think of myself or the best way to explain what I do is I'm the conductor and everybody else is in the orchestra. So I just kind of make everything happen. So I get the Besden involved. If there's a Skanum, I get, I deal with them. If there's Rabbanum, I deal with them. The Dianum family, because there's always well-meaning family who want to get involved when their family members divorce, which is amazing. But sometimes, you know, as well-intentioned as they are, they, they don't always know what they're doing. So I try and really kind of help out. I like to, um, I like to be a resource for everybody, not just my client. Um, I do a lot of strategy, so I'll tease out little things. My, I'm known for my consults to be very thorough because I could use anything. Um, I also help, you know, if we need to go to court, I help with that. I help pick an attorney. I help retain the attorney, do the consults with them. I really hold their hand through the whole process and I help and I go with the attorney as well and I'll go to court with them. I'm really their, I guess their right hand woman. <laughs> It sounds like another analogy, like you, you, you mentioned the conductor of an orchestra, but it sounds almost like kind of what an event planner does, like pulling all the different vendors together. That's so together. smart. Yes. <laughs> that, I'm going to use that. You're that a divorce planner. No, I mean, yes, it sounds terrible, but <laughs> it doesn't Listen, it's sound good. It's not always good, so but... terrible, by the way. It's not always so terrible. Divorce can be a really amazing thing to really be right. free of Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In the right situation. Yeah. So, you know, back to that, like you bring that up. It's interesting. You mentioned that you argue and based in on behalf of your clients are most but amenable to having a woman argue in front of the Dayanim. Well, I'll never say I'm a Tayanis. Unfortunately, listen, if it was up to me, I would have like a t-shirt, a matching hat, a flag, you know, cause I'm so proud of what I do. But I, it's not about me and my ego. It's about my clients getting the best. So I go in, I'll go in as their friend. I'll go in as a support person, depending on the Besden, of course. Um, and then I just jump right in. And they're willing to hear what you say, or you don't really give them much of a choice. I don't really, they don't really, <laughs> they don't really have a choice. It's actually funny. I actually did have Besden with somebody and I came in as their friend. They actually agreed, no, Tayanam. And I'm Tyannis, <laughs> so I didn't say anything. I went in as her friends, and um, they they stopped and they had to adjourn because they didn't feel that it was fair that the other side didn't have a towing. So they waited because they said that they needed somebody on their side, which I really didn't go in as a Tyannis at all. Um, but it was it was a Besden in Williamsburg, so they were fine with me, you know. And we the other side hired a towing, and you know. We'll argue that case when it, you know, when it happens, but it's, it's funny because you would think like in Williamsburg, they'd have a bigger problem, but they've been fine. Totally. Right. Linkwood, they've been amazing. Very that's, accepting. That's amazing to hear because I never thought that it would be even a possibility, um, you know, for a basin to be okay with hearing a woman argue on that, but truthfully, like, why not? You know, there's no law. Right. Against Absolutely. it. Yeah. It just seems like such a guy's territory, you know, 
That's why I love it. <laughs> I <laughs> love being able to shake things up. <laughs> See, I knew I was going to like you. I didn't even know this aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nothing makes me happier than showing everybody that women are more than capable than we get credit for. Nothing. And I didn't even know this about me. I always used to say, you know, I grew up in a very liberal feminist community. My parents are very into not feminism as we see now, more of the feminism, like what's the difference? Like, you know, <laughs> women should be wherever men are kind of what, what the honorable Ginsburg said, you know, so why not? Why can't I go in and argue? What, what is the, what is the issue here? Right. You know, so show me where chuba. I can't do it. Absolutely. So as abolish chuva, do you think that gives you like that edge? Like, oh, absolutely. I'm from a world where this is totally acceptable. Like, why shouldn't it be here? The the thing the one of the biggest things I've noticed is when I have a very very from client, meaning Williamsburg sheltered, the Diana. Oh my gosh! Like they get very anxious. I just look at them. I mean, respectfully, of course, but they're just guys. They're men with beards. Okay, they know a lot of Tyra. You know, like, but I'm not scared of them. I have no problem screaming. You know, and Hasidish Bezins especially, there's no speaking. They're screaming and they're smoking cigarettes in there and they're yelling. And that's my time to shine because nothing makes me happier than screaming. So <laughs> for, for a good cause, I mean. For a good cause. Yeah. And um, it doesn't, I guess because I grew up, you know, in a more fluid environment that it doesn't really it doesn't make me nervous i don't get anxious speaking to men and screaming at them and showing them what i'm capable of that's awesome so and then on the flip side from your background coming as a balashuba were you sort of like disillusioned by what you've seen in the from community in terms of divorce or was it just like well it, it happens everywhere so why can't it happen here too so it's really funny because when i became from i was oh i didn't really know much about the world i was young but I think what happened was when my parents got divorced, then I realized that it could happen to anybody. I became totally disillusioned with the world, I guess. I think like when we're younger, we look at our parents as parents. They didn't have a life before us. They never had a life before they met, you know, your other parent. It, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. They're perfect. They're your parents. They don't have flaws. Um, so when they got divorced, it was kind of like, what? Like, what planet are we on? So I think for that, that's what made me realize that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, you can get divorced. Religious, not religious, Jewish, not, didn't make a difference. Some stories I've heard, though, um, especially in the beginning, that was shocking. But not, and now I always say I've either, either done it or seen it. So, wow. you know. So your innocence has been, has been taken. Yes, <laughs> I would say so. Wow. So are the circumstances of divorce kind of different in the from community versus outside or like, what are you seeing as sort of causes or reasons or, you know, common issues? Because to me, at least it seems like divorce is a lot more common now in the from community than it was when I was a kid. And certainly like even before that, like my grandparents were divorced and it was like, unheard of in their time you know now it's it's very common like who doesn't know someone that's divorced right even in the from community so what are you seeing as like 
you know, maybe a, a reason for why it's become so common? You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's great. It means that people are not worrying about what the neighbors think anymore. I mean, obviously that's a big problem right now. Um, it's always been in our community. You know, what will the neighbors think? What will my kids get accepted into school, especially in Lakewood? Will um, my kids make friends? Will I ever get remarried? Those kind of things are inevitable. Those are scary thoughts. But I'm actually really proud of our community because especially women, because they're finding their voice and they're using it. And if they're leaving and they feel safe enough to leave, I think that means we're doing something right. So that's really interesting perspective. And that's so funny because when I was actually, you know, thinking ahead to what we would talk about, um, that occurred to me, like, maybe it's not such a terrible thing that the rates are higher awesome. because it means that people aren't sitting there quietly struggling in a miserable marriage because isn't that worse than, than, you know, being free and at least not being with someone you can't stand. Right. I mean, for me, some of the issues that I see are horrible, but then when I think about, first of all, when I hear about the length some of these women have been in these marriages for and how long they've put up with what they've put up with, it, it could make you lose, like it could make you sick. But when they walk into my office, it's just like, welcome, like, welcome home. We're going to take care of you. You're going to be okay. You're in good hands. They haven't shared their struggles with anybody in forever, maybe a therapist here or there, but there's no one who's really been there to say, listen, I got you. I'm going to, you don't have to carry everything on your own. I'm going to share the burden with you. Give, give me some of it. I'll put it on my shoulders too. And I think for a lot of women, especially from women, I think that's just so refreshing and it makes them feel safe. And I want them to feel safe because they are safe. And do you, you know? feel that, that they haven't really shared with anyone because of what? Because of fear of judgment or? Fear of judgment. They want their kids to be able to get married. They don't want to let their families down. I have a client now who is in her 60s. She has been abused since Shaver Brothers. Um, physically, emotionally, sexually. She has 13 children. Oh, my God. Um, she, not, she did not want those 13 children. Um, not that she didn't want them. She loves them, but that was not the plan for her. That's not where she saw her life. Um, she just got the courage to leave. And let me tell you, it took a long time, a long time, 40-something years of marriage, of abuse. Like, wow. Like broken ribs, real physical violence. And I'm just so proud of her. And she finally has somebody who is there for her. And it's like, you could just see like everything come out. It's almost like they vomit and like, they feel like they can finally breathe. And one of the things that I do, I always have my cell phone on. I don't shut it off um, ever. Shabbos, Yantif, it's on. Yom Kippur, it's on. Obviously, I asked and I was told that it's a must because there have been such crazy situations. I've had to help get a restraining order at three o'clock in the morning. You know, I've had to deal with a client completely go into crisis mode and have to go over there and call Hatsala and calm them down. I mean, I become their, their lifeline and I feel so honored that I get to be that person for them. Wow. So that's some pretty intense stuff. And you know, yeah. It makes me think like, I recently heard an interview with a rabbi who said that 
He also has some degree in counseling. I don't remember his exact position um, or his exact educational background, but he was saying that he does a lot of couples counseling. And like in the past, like maybe 10, 20 years ago, he said he'd be able to save like nine out of 10 marriages. And now it's maybe one out of 10. And he was saying that the, the primary reason that he sees for divorce is financial issues and people just don't want to like work through it, which sounds like way different than what you're describing, you know, and obviously there's a continuum and a spectrum, but from right. listening to him, I kind of got this impression, like, you know, maybe people are just getting lazy. It's this me generation. They don't want to work through it, but it seems like what you're seeing is very different than that. Well, again, it's a spectrum. I see all sides of it. I see young couples who feel that they made a massive mistake. They shouldn't have married that person. They've been married for a couple of years. And they're like, listen, I'm still young. I could get remarried. Why should I be miserable for the next 80 years when I could get divorced, you know, let this be a black dot in my life and marry the love of my life. And I'm actually for that too. Just because, listen, I believe in marriage. I think marriage is amazing. But I also believe that everyone deserves to be happy. And if you're not happy, you fix it. And if it's not working, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, I always say I'm not like an advocate for divorce. I'm an advocate for your divorce. Um, I don't think everyone should be getting divorced. I actually see one of the things I do, totally like a hundred hats over here. One of the things I do, again, I'm not a therapist, but I will see couples and they'll tell me what their issues are. And because I have a very unique perspective on marriage, um, I'll say like, okay, have you guys tried this? Have you guys tried that? Obviously not really. It's more informal, um, and more informal capacity, but just, you know, to say, listen, this really worked for somebody. Why don't you try this? You know, just to kind of pick my brain. Um, and I see people really do try. I don't think it's laziness. I think that people are just more self-aware and more mentally healthy, to be honest with you. So that's really interesting. Cause that's what I was going to ask you. Like, with this, with, I guess, the, the uptick maybe in like younger divorce, is it maybe like the younger people now who aren't as likely or patient to work through issues or is it just sort of the thing where in the olden days, I mean, olden days, you know, like, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, people would have just been like, all right, listen, I'm not like thrilled, but what am I going to do? I'll just sit here, you know, and stick it out. I mean, I think, I, I think that, well, I have, by the way, I have in particular one client now who she doesn't want to get divorced. The husband does want to get divorced. Um, a lot of times when you go into Besden and they see that there's something to work with, they'll push Sean Bias onto the, onto the couple, which means that they have to go to therapy and then the therapist makes the decision. It's um, the therapist that makes the decision? They tell the Besden, like, no, I think there's something, something to work with, so I want them to come to me for 10 sessions and then we could make a decision. Okay, that doesn't sound like an unbiased uh, decision, but okay. No, it's not, and I have argued against Sean Bias many times. And I've used the argument, listen, you're delaying the inevitable. First of all, who are you to tell a woman she can't get divorced? That's disgusting. And secondly, how do you know you're going to make her go to 10 sessions? She's still going to get divorced in the end. She's made up her mind. <laughs> but my, my point is 
they do try and save the marriage. And sometimes it's just worthless. It's for what, you know, they're not happy. There could be some emotional abuse, some narcissism, some financial abuse happening. And because I think women especially are more self-aware and there's all these different Instagram and social media platforms with quotes and, and people are, you know, talking about their struggle and their journey. Um, it's giving a lot of women, especially inspiration and they don't feel like they need to sit and take it. So, so then I guess from what you're saying about those kind of situations, it's, it's a good thing because they have, you know, an option to not have to just be miserable. Right. But, it's amazing. Yeah. But then realistically, you know, when it comes to getting remarried, I guess my question is what are, what are the rates of success of, of people getting remarried in situations where then they're just like super happy because it seems like that's a struggle too, especially for women. It seems to me, I mean, I'm a woman and my perspective is, I guess, a little bit, um, a little bit shaded, but like, it seems like women have a much harder time getting remarried than men do. Oh, totally. You know, so many situations where men just get divorced and remarried in like less than a year. And the woman is struggling with, you know, maybe even a handful of kids at that point. Right. So it's, and I'm not saying that being in a miserable marriage is a better alternative, but is it realistic to be like, well, if I leave, I'll get remarried and I'll be happy, you know? Well, no, what you have to ask yourself is, are you happier alone? I always say never get, never get divorced to get remarried. I always say, what would you rather be stuck in your marriage or alone? If you get remarried one day, that's a great bonus, but don't plan for it because we don't know what's going to happen. So it's not always realistic. I've seen crazy stories where three months later, someone suggests, you know, cause you can't, a woman cannot date until three months after their get. Um, so three months after their get, someone suggests somebody next thing you know, they're engaged. There's these crazy stories. And then you hear these stories of women dating for 10 years and they're still not remarried. Um, but I think, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, making the decision. Are you happy? Are you going to be happier alone? I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, I definitely see men getting remarried much quicker than women. And that definitely sounds like a much healthier perspective and in and, and a much more realistic perspective. I think people sort of have to be aware of what could be the worst case scenario. Like when you make right. a choice, right, you're hopefully going to get yourself into a better situation. But like you said, there's no guarantee of that. So you have to make your choice of like possibly bad versus a little better and hopefully amazing, right? Right. I mean, that that's one sense. of the things like when I have clients who come in and they're thinking about divorce and I kind of tell them what the road most probably will look like. I always tell them like, do not think, do not look at it. Like, you know, unless you're already dating somebody, which I've obviously seen because we're human beings. Um, and you want to get you, you're planning on marrying this person after you get your get, don't think you're getting remarried right away. It's just, I, w I wish I could tell you, you know, you're going to marry your share at this time, but you know, you got, you, I always like to plan for the worst case scenario. So I'm going to give you, a, B, C, and D, you know, all those options. Okay. So another question I had for you is I heard this and like, I don't have like statistics or numbers to back it up, but someone was telling me who has like, you know, should have aged kids. Um, and so a lot of friends that are, have kids of a similar age group, she was mentioning to me that the rates of divorce right now are really, really high among couples that just recently got married during COVID. 
Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yes. Um, and it's interesting because I think that, I think the reason why is there's a few reasons why I think one, no one has really seen them as a couple because they haven't been out. So there's less like, I guess, shame attached to it because like, it's not like anyone really knows, knows them as a married couple. So it's easier to get divorced in that way. I think also because they've had to spend so much time with each other far more than how we would typically spend time with our new spouses. Um, they just can't handle it and they just end up getting divorced. Also, I think that a lot of people got pushed into getting married during COVID dating. Wasn't, it wasn't normal dating. People were dating over zoom. They got engaged over zoom. They met, you know, at their COVID wedding or they met while they were engaged, but only a couple of times. Um, and I think that because of that, because of that, they weren't really able to get to know each other the way they would during normal circumstances. I think also, um, a lot of people who got married during COVID, they were so sad about how they had to get married. Smaller weddings, no friends, or very little, very limited. Um, it's going to sound, it might sound silly, but it's a big thing. They look back on their wedding with so much pain that they just don't eat, that they don't feel like it was a joyous occasion for them. And almost like puts a damper on the whole situation. Totally. And absolutely a complete damper on their situation. And it's like, for what? You know, they're like, oh, what did I do this for? You know, I couldn't have my best friend. I couldn't have my sister. I couldn't have, you know, my brother in Canada come or my parents, Right. you know? So I think it put a damper on it. And obviously, like I said before, spending so much time with each other. I think that's been to like an unhealthy extent almost. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in general for couples right now, a lot of couples are struggling. I see it every day that just because of COVID, the financial stress, losing jobs, um, the stress of having a loved one being sick, um, spending so much time with each other, all of that, and the kids not being in school, Zoom school, it's just so stressful, and it just puts so much stress on the best of marriages. So, yeah, I think that's played a big part into divorce right now. And that kind of, like, will just exacerbate already existing problems, totally. right? Yeah, it's so crazy totally. to think because COVID is just affects so much, like so much more than just people's physical health. Like I, I work in healthcare and I encounter COVID patients every day now, but obviously that's like the most, you know, prominent aspect of COVID, but there's so like, there's such a snowball effect of COVID. It's just absolutely Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. People who also like underlying mental health issues that, you know, you might never have seen with your spouse. I know one client, for example, she had no idea her husband had anxiety and OCD. He was able to keep it while they were dating. They never told the other side, never told her side about it. Um, and he was able to manage it all these years. And then all of a sudden, because of COVID, he kind of had a breakdown with the anxiety, the OCD. Um, and it just got out of hand. And she, she said like, she, she can't live her life like this. Like he snapped. Wow. Meanwhile, she always, he always had it, but it was just never, so intense. So not to mention there's a lot more togetherness. So you're going to see it a right. lot more in addition to like this, just overall anxiety and stress that everyone's experiencing, which right. is probably just so much more exacerbated in someone like that. So all that together is just like, it's a perfect storm. Wow. It's pretty wild. Crazy. So, yeah. So question for you about the shidduch system and as it relates okay. to divorce. So I'm curious to know, Obviously, 
the rates of divorce in the from community are lower than in the general community. At least they were, right? Yeah. Nowadays, I don't know, you know, what those numbers actually look like, but in the past, they always were. So my question is, do you think shidduch dating um, has any sort of effect on divorce rates? Because again, the, the type of dating that's typical for a from person versus someone in the secular world is obviously so, so different, but you do see that the divorce rate is generally higher in the secular world where they date a lot more, right? Right. So it's actually interesting because I obviously don't have the numbers. I've never like run a census on any of it, but it's an interesting question because part of me wants to say, absolutely. The Shidduch system has totally ruined everything. <laughs> and the other part of me is like, actually it's great. You know, I, I have such strong answers for both. Um, I think in some ways it's great because you already know their story. They're already looked into. Um, you already know all the skeletons. Um, so if there's chemistry, you think perfect. You do. <laughs> right. But when the shidduch system is used incorrectly or people aren't honest, um, I think that's when it gets a little crazy. Um, I think also there's an element of trying to get the best guy or the best girl, the top guy or the top girl. And when you fall in their opinion, short of that, and they feel like they married beneath them, there's always that rift in the marriage as well. Um, so the, the answer to your question is it depends. <laughs> it depends if the, if they, if everyone were, was honest and they did it correctly, if no one was pushed into it, I see a lot of my clients, they felt like they might've lived in really unhealthy homes and they were just, they looked at, you know, their, I guess, perspective spouse as a ticket to get out of their house. So in that way, um, yeah, I, I feel like if they dated first and maybe they lived together and did what the rest of the world does, like they would just break up and they wouldn't have to go through a divorce with children. Right. Um, but at the same time, if it's done well and done and everybody does their due diligence, it can be a very beautiful thing. Yeah. So I feel like there's so much potential in the shidduch system to make Absolutely. it like a really beneficial tool. But then there's like these pitfalls that to me, this is my opinion. I feel like the advent of the shidduch resume just like oh. wreaked havoc and destruction. Oh. That's my personal opinion. Like it was the just worst. starting to become a thing when I was dating. And I was like, I'm not doing this. And everyone's like, well, you have to. So I remember just like putting down these like bare bones information. But now like whenever I try to read a shidduch or try to talk to a guy about a girl, whatever. It just feels like such a waste of time because all they want to do is look at a picture and say no, you know? Right. And it's like, unless I'm, I have some like absolutely out of this world supermodel to offer them, they're just going to say no. So I feel like resumes, but especially resumes with pictures have like completely oh, or destroyed. Full body, what about the full body pictures? Not even the face. We're taught, you know, we're more than our bodies. We're sneeze, not for other people. But, and then all of a sudden you start dating. Next thing you know, you're taking full body shots to send right. to a guy and they're basically deciding if they're going to date you or they're even worse. Their family is going to decide if they're going to date their you. Their mom. Their mom or right. their father or to it's a, you know, a conversation that the whole family has a dinner. Right. Yeah. And I, I just tried to set up a guy, um, with someone I know who lives, the guy's in New York, the girl's, you know, out of town, a few hour drive away. 
And I was on the phone trying to like give him all this great information. She's such an awesome girl. She's this, she has this going for that, but I think it's a really good idea for this reason, that reason. And then he goes, oh, so it would be like maybe like a three, four hour drive. So I'd really need to see a picture before making a trip like that. If it was local, it would be different. So I'm like, oh, so poor girl, like every girl in that town has to be absolutely stunning or no right. guy from New York is ever going to come down to over there. It's oh awful. God. You know, but it's funny because to some degree, yeah, do they want to schlep that whole way for somebody that they're just not attracted to? But at the same time, you don't know who you're going to be attracted to. I mean, there's been so many times that I've heard like, oh, he's not my type. And then they went on a date and like, oh my God, the chemistry was insane. And they become their type. You know, even with my husband, I'm totally like obsessed with my husband and Maybe that sounds unhealthy, but it didn't mean to sound unhealthy. <laughs> he's, the, he's really the best. Um, if you saw, I mean, when I tell you we come from different worlds and different lives, like it could not be more different. I mean, he comes from a Heimish Hungarian Borough Park family, and I don't, <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, you know, the first time I ever saw him was a picture, but I wouldn't necessarily say he was my type. I just, happened to be, I liked his Facebook post. He wrote a post, it, had, it was grammatically correct, and I was really happy about it, so I messaged him. But, you know, if you sent me a picture and said, you know, go on a date with this guy, or this guy would be great for you, I'd be like, what? Not that my husband isn't handsome, he's just, you would never put, you know, two of us together. And so I always say, like, what do you have to lose? You know, who cares? And why do you need to look at a picture anyway? You never know what's going to happen. Right, and back in the day, like, when I was younger and I remember my sisters or and brothers were dating it was like someone would call up my parents and like really sell this person to them and tell you like all their fabulous qualities and you know make them sound super attractive by like you know their family where they're from blah 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 and when they met they already had this in their mind that this is like a really great person that I'm going out on a date with right now like you're just reduced to like a list of I don't know what shul you daven in and where your siblings where live your parents like do. okay next like Reassess. there's nothing there to like sell them you know nope nothing there to sell them and not only that but the things that people look for are so disturbing to me you know not just what shul they go to what their father does how their yichas, where they where they come from, where they come from in Europe, like what? Like that is ridiculous. Who's a Balshuva? Who's a Ger? You know, it's like it's like wow. <laughs> you and know, it's funny because you're on the other side of it. Like when you're arguing and basing on behalf of someone, and you're like, right? Like where they came from in Europe was really important here. You know, clearly that, that right did a lot exactly. With this couple. Right. By the way, it's actually really funny you say that because I have a client who comes from a very quote unquote hush of a family. And listen, the struggles that she's going through, you would see anywhere. And you would never think, okay, a top, 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 what they say, top family. At the end of the day, she's being reduced to nothing because of what she's gone through. And it's just, it's crazy. At the end of the day, we all have struggles. It doesn't really matter where you're from or who your parents are or who your Rebbe is. Right. And isn't it so much more important to know that the person is of good quality than like, you know, so many other things right. that people put a lot of stock into, but at the end of the day have no effect on a marriage. So yeah, so I agree. I think the Shadow system has like amazing potential. Like you said, like if used correctly and people focus on the right things, but there's like a lot of room to do, like to, a lot of room to grow in that area, I think. 
Oh yeah. There's tons of room to grow tons. So, I mean, it could be either beautiful or corrupt. That's the yeah. truth. You know what? Really just like anything, you just have to like strike the right balance and hope that other people right. do the same. Yeah. Right. So kind of like a, a little bit of a different topic. What do you think of the halachic prenup? I love the halachic prenup. I think it is brilliant. I think everyone should do it. I think if you haven't done it, you're insane. I will say that the problem is in the more religious communities, it's not something that's generally accepted and that needs to change. And they always say, ah, oh, but it's not really allowed or this or that. And it's just excuses. Listen, at the end of the day, and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for saying this, but at the end of the day, people like having a one up on the other person. If you have a leg to stand on in Besden, the better off you are. If a man can get what he needs out of his divorce, he will use the get. That's just the way it is. Um, people don't like being called out on it. I always do. Um, but it is a bargaining tool. And I think that in some circles, it is something that is pushed. Okay, if she won't give in to staying from, then just don't give her the get. Or if she doesn't agree to send your son to the right, the chayder you want, you know, don't give her a get until she agrees. I mean, and I think that's one of the reasons why, again, I know this is going to sound terrible and I'm definitely going to get heat if anyone from those communities hear this, but yeah, I think, I think they don't want to get rid of it because it is a bargaining tool. Wow. It's interesting. I never heard that perspective on it. I thought it was just more like everything that's new is always hard for people to integrate and accept and sort of like the firmer the community is, the harder it is to get these kind of things integrated. But you know, like when I interviewed Keshet Star about the halachic prenup, that was primarily the thing. And she said also, you know, it feels so like icky to people, like when they're going through an engagement and everything's looking so totally. bright and exciting. And it's like, well, let's sign this in the case of a divorce. And everyone's like, wait, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about it, you know? So that's another like factor for sure. But you know, that perspective of like, having it as a bargain or not having it and being able to use your own bargaining chips is kind of like disturbing, <laughs> but I, I can hear why you would say that. Um, listen, I think that all the, all the points you said are true. Also, it's harder to take a modern concept and bring it into these very religious um, circles. Yes, 100%. But I do think a lot of it is, or part of it is that um, it is a bargaining chip and it is used and it is a means, unfortunately, for control. Um, and it's disgusting, but it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely used. My thing know? is like, I, I want to advocate so strongly on behalf of it for women. Like it's the kind of thing where like yeah. women really have the ability to take this ball and run with it because at the end of the day it's women that are getting affected when it comes to issues the issue of aguna that's exactly who it is and men it doesn't really affect them that much you know they can, no, they can still get married it. yeah so oh, there's, there's stuff there's tons i mean it's so funny my husband was actually just telling me about a rabbi who i don't even know how it happened but he refused to give a get but he got married i don't like, understand what how? women would marry someone like that though I have no idea. I, I, neither do I. I wonder if there's more to the story. It's, he's some prominent rabbi from Borough Park. It, it was, it's not even like a secret. And I was like, what? 
That's sick. That is actually sick. I heard of another guy who my husband knows because my his friend has something to do with it. There is a man in Israel who is in jail for not giving a get, and he's still refusing to give the get. He's in jail right now. I mean, there's just these stories that why, why put yourself in position? I know that it's something you don't want to think about when you're engaged and you're just in this amazing, exciting time of your life. But like, why would you, why would you put yourself in a vulnerable position like that? Because as much as you love your fiance, nobody plans to get divorced. So, and you don't know what it's going to be like to fight with them in Besden. Trust me. I always say you don't know somebody's true colors until you walk through the door in Besden. So why put yourself in a position? Yeah, I feel like you're you know? in the perfect position to advocate for it because you yeah. unfortunately know so many of the, you know, unfortunate, scandalous details of what goes on on the flip side. You know, right. like more, more people need to hear that because prevention is so much more, you know, doable than, God forbid, the, like, you don't want to be on the other side of that, like you're saying. It's just simply right. to prevent all of that. And it's, it's funny because even with women in, in ultra-Orthodox circles, they also are like, ugh, what do I need it for? What am I going to get divorced for? What's the point? I'm like, and oh, or the other thing is, how do you know the rub is going to accept it? Like in Besden. And that's also the thing. Not every Diane, not every Besden is going to hold by it. They might say it's trash and it's worth nothing to them. You know, that's also a big issue. Right. And you know, so. Why you have to go back I, to the original, original basin that issued it and. There's a right. whole process for it. I forget. But that's a big, that's also a big issue, you know? For sure. For sure. So what sort of advice would you offer to people pre-marriage in our community? Because like this whole conversation was kind of like, you know, how you deal with people who are going through divorce and have already been through all kinds of terrible situations. And, you know, the halakhic prenup is obviously an important point that we talked about. But like we also talked about so many different potential pitfalls that people can fall into. And, you know, not everyone knows how to navigate a divorce or how to navigate even the dating period. So what would you recommend um, to people pre-marriage who want to sort of prevent a situation where they have to come to your office and ask for your help? Um, okay, so I have a few. Number one, don't get married because you're trying to escape go to therapy, work on yourself. Getting married as a ticket to get out of your house is one of the biggest mistakes you could ever make. Another thing is do not let your parents push you into marrying somebody because, or the community or anybody else push you into getting married because it's the right person. They come from the right family. Um, you're never gonna find such a top boy, girl. Um, again, don't listen to it. You need to go with your gut, with your brain, and and really marry for who you think that you should be marrying. Don't listen to anybody else. At the end of the day, you're going to be waking up, ne you know, next to your spouse, not your parents or anyone else for that matter. Um, I think also do your homework. I think if you're shidduch dating, I've seen so many stories where you know they find out about mental illness or crazy stories or things that they would never agree to. So don't just call their references, call other people, call people that, you know, even if you feel silly, it's better to do your due diligence than go through a horrific divorce later on. So call anybody and everyone who cares, you know, 
if anything, people respect you more because you want to look out for yourself. Absolutely. Those are all really, really good points. I really love the first point that you made because I feel like there's almost this competition and like a race to the finish line, especially when it comes totally. to like from high schools where it's like, and probably seminaries also where it's like, you know, the, the goal is to get married and it's like, who can get married first? And I don't want right. to be the last one. And it's like, oh, if you're there's the so much one, pressure. Wrong with you. Right. And don't right. get into the pressure. It's at the end of the day, you're the one who has, to, I would say you're the one who's going to end up waking up next to this person for the rest of your life. Not, not the people pressuring you. Absolutely. You know? Those are really you wise words. Into their hands. Yeah. It's hard for people because this is a community with a lot of pressure, but Oh, You're of course. Right. Yeah. I, I always say like, it's hard a hundred percent. It's way easier said than done, but motivate yourself to do what you have to do. You know, always just try and do the next right thing for yourself. Cause at the end of the day, you are your best advocate. Right. And you have to live with yourself, whatever circumstance you're in. So, right. Yeah. And get Absolutely. a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that's always key, right? Yes. It's always my advice. Everybody it should be everybody's advice for anything. You're absolutely right. Well, I really, really love talking to you and I love you. what you're doing. I love that you're such a pioneer and just curious, do you know any other women that are doing what you're doing? No, I don't know anybody else. Sure. If there are any, let me know, please. I think that's so awesome. I think like there's so much potential for other women who are 100%. potentially good at the kind of thing that you do. And there are for sure are like, I, I could think of women in my head right now who would be amazing at this job also. Um, but the fact that you sort of created this new role in a community that never had it before, but that really needs it. And for women that, you know, really need advocacy that are not going to do it on their own not going to be able to and in a situation where no one should have to know how to navigate it but if they do it's so so important to do it well um and i'm super yeah, impressed with what you've done yeah yeah thank you so first of all i mean i it almost sounds funny to say congratulations because like it's 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 a role <laughs> that we hope we shouldn't need but really congratulations on doing such an incredible job um and Thank like you. really taking the ball and running with it and i think it's so fabulous that you're really like breaking glass ceilings and thank you i wish you a ton of luck and also i really hope no one needs your services <laughs> right i always say like listen i'd be happy if you don't need me you know but if you didn't need me but i'm here if you do and hopefully the divorce rate goes way down and you get to go to law school let listen it happens to be i don't want to go to law school because i would never want to change what i'm doing if i'm an attorney i can't color outside the lines with this I have the freedom to do whatever I want and I prefer it. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> thank you so, so much for your time. It was a pleasure sure, to get to know you. you. And thanks for what you're doing for the community. It's fantastic. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.